What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Nate. Welcome to Big Nate Short Story Club, home of the best short story clubs. And today, I am joined with me by Elliot Doyle. So you can say what's up to the people, Elliot. What's up, everybody? What's up, what's up? <laughs> and today, we are talking about A Rose for Emily by William Faulkner. We are revisiting Faulkner. And yes, I'm excited to talk about it. This was This was a good story. But first, the opening segment. So... This is what book are you reading not right now? Why did you pick it up and how are you liking it so far? Okay, yeah, so I've been reading a story that might be like tangentially relevant to what at least I know that you have been reading, mm -hmm. which is um The Sorrows of Satan by Marie Corelli. Damn. Um which is like the most emo <laughs> book title ever. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but it's like it's this like late Victorian uh kind of morality-ish story but it's about sort of like the moral decay of british society and it's this guy who like befriends prince lucio oh who who's is, who's that yeah know, who's that i know so who could that possibly be right? <laughs> yeah that's funny um so it's it's uh it's another one of those kind of like the devil as a sympathetic charismatic kind of guy yeah um and it's it's entertaining. It's the the author is really kind of weird. <laughs> so it's so it's like a story because at first it kind of sounded like almost like criticism, like the sorrows of Satan. But is it so? It's like an actual like novel, like it's like a oh, story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, it's it's a full like novel. It's uh, I don't know how many pages long it is, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm not. I don't I don't read stuff in like normal. <laughs> how do you like, read book? Uh, just like digital digital copies of stuff. Recently. I was just I was just talking to somebody about this. Do you have um, on like the digital versions, does it give you the page counts or is that kept? Not for this. Yeah. Some of them do. This, this one does not. I kind of like, how do you feel about, cause I, I was thinking the element of surprise would be fun. Like imagine just jumping into like a gnarly ass book, like the brothers Karamazov or like, so I don't know, just some, some random, and then not knowing when it ends, like that would be, that yep. would be, I like it. It's like, it's in, yeah. in, in no, I actually, that's part of why I, I kind of prefer reading digital copies of stuff mm. a lot of the time is because like, I can't like keep track of how much how many pages i've read so uh, if i have sort of like residual school stuff of like you have to have read 60 pages for class or whatever i have yeah. like mental associations with how many pages i should be reading in a session so yeah. if it's just digital it's just like however long i feel like reading for yeah nice because i con honestly i constantly find myself just mentally calculating how far into the book i am and i'm like well if i keep up like this pace when will i be done by and yeah, you know yeah. it you, you lose some of the fun, the excitement uh, of, yeah. of just yeah. the story. But I can't, I just can't, the physical, the physical book is just something I can't, I can't give up. But yeah, no, I do like the yeah. idea. And I love like the, the bookshelf, like filling your bookshelf with books is like definitely visually motivating. It's like, damn bro, look at all these books I read. Oh, yeah. I want to. I want to read more. Like that, and yeah. also look. Look how much there is to read. Look at all these unread books, <laughs> which there of which there are um, quite a plenty. But okay, sorrows, sorrows of Satan. That sounds good. And like you said, related to what I am reading, Paradise yes. Lost, John yes. Milton, which is actually I feel like how we just most re most recently clicked up was Paradise. because yeah. you've read Paradise Lost and a bunch of like of the like ancient epics. Would you call them epic verses? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, by the way, I really want to read. I think the Divine Comedy is going to be the next. I don't know. It's just like nice. three books. That's the problem. It's like a whole yeah, trilogy, and it's like, dude, it's already hard enough to read one of these motherfuckers. Three of them, but yeah, Are I they? think the the, yeah. the benefit of uh, the Divine Comedy is that because it was originally written in Italian, 
the translations are a little bit easier to deal with okay, <laughs> than good. like than like Paradise Lost. Um, what translation do you have? Do, do you know? Like, or did you read? I don't remember. Because this is actually a question I'm. Because what it is um, is the Penguin Classics for the yeah. uh, for the Divine Comedy have like the dopest covers. It's just like medieval art, and it's it's yeah, fucking yeah. sick, and I want it so bad. Because honestly, at this point, I'm somebody who I like to pretend that I don't care about title or like covers, but I don't know. Like once you get books with nice covers, it's it's kind of hard to go back. And the best part about the epics, like even like Paradise Lost here, is it's like they're always co- like the Penguin editions are always have like these sick ass like yeah medieval art, and yeah. the ones for the Divine Comedy are like the coolest of them all. I feel like, but it's translated by like Mark Musa or something who I don't know I don't think he's the top translation pick I'm not sure I'm not and I think what I see the big one is like Ciardi but oh my god those covers are fucking ugly (laughs) they are seriously like I can't even I straight up dislike them and I'm like dude I don't know so I'm torn I'm torn between the aesthetic like the medieval just get one one of each and then like just switch the covers yeah I'm literally considering like reading the Ciardi version and then just buying the (laughs) penguin classics I mean honestly you could do it yeah we'll we'll see I don't know this is this is a dilemma like I'm currently facing I don't remember which which uh translations I have I don't know if I have them with me I did not bring a number of the the physical books that I have with Mm. me when I moved here but um no I feel you about covers though I uh since I do read a lot of things not as physical copies or when I do it's frequently like library copies of stuff mm-hmm. when I do actually buy physical copies of books it's, it's usually ones where I'm just like okay this is this is like an object that I need in my home yeah <laughs> it's almost thing. like for the physical book itself yeah. yeah yeah do you do the library often yeah yeah pretty much I tried a couple times and I would get the book and I'm like I want to one, when I read this, I want to put it on my shelf and not give it back. Yeah. Two, I want to, like, highlight and write in it, kind of. That's that's part of the problem, is that yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Although, honestly, I don't really highlight that much. Oh, no. Paradise Lost, dude, half of this book is highlighted. In fact, I'm like, I think I'm going to read a little excerpt, just because this is, like, this is literally what I read yesterday. And it's like, nice. just just so just so you can walk down memory lane for you. Absolutely. And then, Love it. Because this is, like, I don't know, the whatever episode i've mentioned because the opening i didn't really think the opening segment thing through because it's like i'm going to be reading this book for a long time so like yeah. opening segment for me is going to be so i'm like i'm going to read some of this i think because this shit is epic and i feel like paradise lost i personally had the conception that it was going to be like boring and stuffy and i mean yeah. it the language like i've said before like the language is very difficult but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this part, which might be the listeners might be rolling. All my listeners might just be rolling their eyes right now, saying, "Get to the story." But uh, I'm gonna read a little excerpt just cause just to give people a, a feel of Paradise Lost and how fucking epic it is. And this is this is when so this is when Raphael is describing to Adam and Eve. He just described like the the whole war in heaven, which was insane. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah, but then crazy. after. Yeah, he sends lead innumerable angels down to the pits of hell and adamantine chains and rivers of fire and everything. And then he's like, I'm going to create a new world and that's going to be Earth and he's going to fill it with a race, like the human race. So this is him like low-key doing that. And, Ra- and Raphael is like, I can't explain this. Like, how can I explain heavenly celestial powers in terms of humans, but I'm going to do my best. So it's like, okay, heaven, he like... God is like opening heaven gates. It says, Heaven opened wide her ever-during gates, harmonious sound on golden hinges moving, 
to let forth the king of glory in his powerful word and spirit coming to create new worlds. On heavenly ground they stood, and from the shore they viewed the vast immeasurable abyss, outrageous as a dark as a sea, dark, wasteful, wild. And there's, there's like there's like more of that, but it's like you could just like picture like heaven's golden gates like swinging open and then like look because that's what's cool about paradise lost is it has like actual like the cosmos has like a physicality to it where it's like yeah there are bounds to heaven outside of which is like this abyss and like satan and all the angels literally fall through the abyss down to hell and it's like earth is kind of like somewhere in between and and it's like own contained like sphere but then okay so this is this is him like actually creating the world It says, in his hand he took the golden compasses, prepared in God's eternal store to circumscribe this universe and all created things. One foot he centered and the other turned round through the vast profundity obscure and said, thus far extend, thus far thy bounds, this be thy just circumference, O world. And I'll just stop there. But it's like, you got like God with golden compasses and he's like laying out he's like laying out the circumference of the world and he's like this is this is your bounds and 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 then this is him going through like the entire like i feel like seven day process of the creation of the earth and that was just like a little smidgen of of what's going on so i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying myself yeah no it's really the descriptions are really cool like they're they're really weird um like it's it doesn't feel like just normal stuff that you see around but it is also like really well described in the sense that you can kind of picture how all of it works mm-hmm. um which is i don't know it's very geometric a lot it of is time. yes it truly yeah. and he even uses like geometric term like he's talking about latitude and longitude and yeah yeah things are like orbicular and just yeah there's a whole it's it's you can almost like tell this is when the advent of like astronomy was also mm-hmm. around and i think that even i'm reading some of the penguin notes and stuff and it's like this was probably an allusion to like kepler because there's a whole oh, yeah. he, he talks about like the galaxies he talks about like cosmos and atoms and elements and it's like low-key like scientific it's got like that scientific Absolutely. astronomical vocabulary which is why it's so sick because then you combine that with like heaven and hell imagery like done at its like peak and like the descriptions of eden too like just the paradise the bliss it's yeah. like, dude, he, his descriptions are unreal. I think it's some of the best, like, writing I've ever seen in terms of, like, that kind of stuff. Like, in terms of, like, yeah. describing things. And, yeah, Satan himself is, like, he's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if he's, like, a sympathetic character, but kind of. He kind of is. I mean, that's, like, the the debate about Paradise right. Lost, right? Is, like, is it he's trying to give sort of a an anti-hero satan who's like you can kind of see where he's coming from but he's still the bad guy yes but like did he succeed in making him the bad guy i don't know like it sort of depends what your perspective is reading it which to me is really interesting and and like compelling yes i agree and it's like he's he so far at least he is like the protagonist like we start with the fall of satan and like him rebuilding in hell and then like like let's get revenge and go to earth and yeah it's he's he's very much like a tragic figure and then the whole question of like omnipotence and god's foresight is interesting in this and i think milton does some cool stuff with that where he's like you know they're free to fall but like i i forget exactly what he says but it's 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 an interesting kind of dynamic where it's like god is multiple times referred to as like clearly omnipotent he knows all this is going to happen before it happens and yet he like lets it happen and yeah. it's like, if you're on, why did you even make it so that they, w- why did you build them in such a way that they would, you, they would do this? Like, why didn't you prevent them from doing this? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's like both a commentary, I think, partly it's sort of a theological thing, but I mm-hmm. also, because um, Milton obviously is a, is a fiction writer, there's sort of a, like, God is the author kind of thing. Yeah. Like, why did you set up this whole story? Well, it's a more interesting story if stuff kind of goes wrong, and then you know how it's going to end, but the characters do have to, like, go through their respective falls from grace and yeah. some of them get redeemed and some yeah, of them don't. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, nice. So I, I'm excited. I'm taking this book very slow, but I, I kind of like the pace I'm going at. You need to because like yeah. five lines in this in this book is like a whole ass page. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. It's for packed sure. Like a million A million things happen and some of them are like more directly relevant <laughs> than yeah. others. He does. He, um, he, he is. Uh, he's got some tangents for sure. Yeah, but I'm yeah. there for them. Like I, I enjoy, oh, yeah. I'm all for the ride. And you know, there's yeah. like, I this is one thing I'm trying to like convince myself to justify the Divine Comedy getting the Penguin editions is they do genuinely have good notes. I feel like in yeah. good introductions. So yeah. you know, it's, I it's helpful to get some of the context and commentary. Yeah. And because you know, he like alludes to things that it's like I have, I would have no fucking idea. Like what, oh, real yeah, saying. for sure. Like just <laughs> yeah. some weird story that like who's ever heard of that like some biblical thing that's yeah, not even lots in the of bible biblical. just like yes yeah <laughs> but uh yes anyway so i'm excited to um see how this ends actually i mean like you know how yeah. it ends but i'm excited for i'm excited for yeah but the you kind of don't you a yeah. little bit do you a little bit don't yeah and it's like i knew there was yeah. gonna be i i knew there was like a war in heaven but i didn't realize it was actually like there's like there is the side of the fallen angels versus the side of the actual angels and they have like tactics it's like an actual war it's almost like a human war you know like they're coming up with strategies to like fuck with each other and then it's also like you're also just like what's the point because none of you can die like and you know know. this (laughs) like i think one guy gets like literally like cut in half and he just like kind of knits himself back yes. to it. It's like, all right, well, yeah. fine. Which is awesome to read. And it's also like the gunpowder scene, basically, where yeah, he's pulling yeah. the sulfur nitrous soil and they're like concocting this like missile, gunpowder missile. And the angels are like, whoa, that was great. But dude, that was sick because then the angels were like, all right, fuck you. And they like just basically tear apart the entire, like the mountains and the ground and the hills and they just like hurl it back. It's like they have this stupid little missile thing that they shoot and they're like, whoa, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. And then they come back rolling like the entire heavens against them, and it's like okay. The thing <laughs> that's a nice, thing, nice try, say. Yeah. It, yeah, I know. There's so many. It's like inventive. They're they're yes. very creative about all of it. That is another thing about about that book to me is that like everything that's happening, it's sort of the first time anybody's ever done it. So mm. it's the first time anybody's done war. Like they have to fully invent war to have a war. Yeah. Um, it's the first time anybody's done They don't anything. even know what evil is. They say that it's like, right, we, we right. didn't even know like, what evil was until yeah. Satan came about and did his thing. Like it was a, it was right. a con, it was and he, like, like literally inconceivable. Know, yeah. Yeah. Like he maybe didn't even, I don't completely remember the specifics, but like he maybe didn't even completely realize like that evil that it was evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and yeah, I'm just doing this thing. We'll find out, and then it's like, oh, I guess that's, I guess that's what evil is. So, oh, so now I'm bound to eternity in hell. Yeah, Shit. my bad. <laughs> I said take no takes back, no take backs or what? Uh. <laughs> because yeah, it's even. I think it's even implied at certain points, or at least that's what the, if I recall, that's what some of the penguin notes are saying. Is it's like it's not clear Satan actually knew the consequences because hell yeah. didn't oh, exist. Yeah hell didn't exist none of like punishment really actually didn't even exist because yeah. there was nobody to be punished and it's like whoa that's pretty harsh give him like give him a warning maybe and yeah Satan, we can okay then we can move on to the story because now we're just talking okay. about paradise lost but <laughs> okay 
but the risks of me coming <laughs> on here while you're no no this is good yeah. I, I i need i need my outlet but um <laughs> but it yeah then it's also like why why does Satan like why did Satan and then apparently like a whole third of heaven why did they have these like what is the word predilection predisposition mm-hmm. like why were they built with this desire to be ambitious when you know if god is omnipotent and created them like literally lifted them from the ground or however he did it it's like why why was this part of their psychology yeah no for real if you're like the the omnipotent and you know and you know it's gonna happen why do that (laughs) yeah and you know it's like you literally because not only are you yeah exactly omnipotent omniscient so you know exactly what's gonna happen but you create them anyway just to send them to hell it's like better not create that and it's interesting because it's like just a third of heaven basically or some somewhere around uh, yeah, that like there yeah. i mean there's still innumerable angels but it's like uh, like why them and not yeah. the other and anyway i mean and but there but milton does have i think some interesting points about like free will and you know Definitely. it's like god is basically creating them because it's like you don't want to create you don't want to create beings that are just going to unconditionally follow you they it's much better to have them choose to follow you of their own volition and yeah so i forget what it is free to stand free to fall he has some like great great yeah. mind about that but okay yeah. i say i i think we can move, i think we can move on okay. but okay. no this is good i had to get this out of my system i had to get yeah this out. no yeah yeah but Happy okay <laughs> yeah. so um a rose for emily Yes. By William Faulkner. So let me just start out with, I mean, you were actually the one that told me to read, like you suggested this story once I brought up barn burning. So yeah, what, yeah. what were your initial, just your general thoughts on having reread it? I mean, it's a, it's a creepy story, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, I think the thing that stands out to me the most on rereading it is just how much the townspeople don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, like, the narrator is kind of a stand-in for all the, the residents in the town, and he's, or, you know, whoever the narrator is, is just, like, clearly just an observer who doesn't really have much insight into the internal life of this woman, and it's just kind of the slow unveiling of yes. the realities of the situation. Little little hints here and there, and then yeah. just ultimately the ending. And. Yeah, the town, the, I actually thought, I realized this upon, like, because I reread this, too, and it's all told in the perspective of our, like, we, and us, and our, and it's, like, it's almost like the town itself is telling the story. Like, it's not a, I mean, it's ambiguous, like, but I I got the sense that it was, like, the entire, it was the perspective of the entire town um, at at that time. Which, uh, yeah, and and I, I like because it's it's you're right. You don't we don't really know what's going on with her, and we kind of like fit it all in. But we get little hints that kind of all click into place at the end. But I think that's probably how yeah. it was for the town too. It's like okay, definitely Emily. She a little weird. She got this going on. She's got that going on, and then eventually the end. Which by the way, I'm gonna say like this is obviously gonna be like spoilers because we're talking about it. But I do say we wait to spoil quote unquote like spoil okay. the end. I okay. think we should go yeah. piece piece by piece, and we know sounds, we're, sounds we know good. what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and loosely, like, you know, if, if it's relevant, you can bring it up. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought this story was uh, was great. And it, I sort of lament the fact that it's like, because I, I just had this whole discussion on barn burning. And I'm like, barn burning is amazing. I read this one. And I'm like, this story is amazing. And I'm just like, and I like I've mentioned before, in other Faulkner novels, he has writing that is so good. But then he has writing to me that is so bad. And I'm like... <laughs> Faulkner could be yeah. in my in like so much higher in my list if he just wrote like this. Yeah, I think like it's it's interesting to see him like try out different stuff like to get that True. kind of creativity, um, just to 
I kind of get the sense that he's just like throwing stuff at a wall, trying to see like which things work for him and which right. things don't, just testing it out. But yeah, no, there's there's some variety that <laughs> I think I have I have different opinions on different. Yeah, have you read Have you read The Sound and the Fury? I haven't. No. I haven't. God, that one is. Loki insufferable but at the same time amazing (laughs) we you did read you did read as i lay dying right yeah i did yeah yeah yeah. which was like really frustrating to me but in retrospect i really liked it so i don't i don't know (laughs) yeah that's how i feel about him like it's it's good but it's frustrating (laughs) and i wish we could just cut the frustrating part out but i don't know some some people like that but actually kind of with as i like kind of related to as i lay dying actually is when i was like thinking about this story like what to talk about it i'm like is this story good just almost because it kind of has like a punchline? Like, is this story mm. just a punchline where at the, it's um, like whatever creepy and there's stuff going on at the, at the end, there's this kind of jarring ending. But um, mm-hmm. I decide, I think it's much more than that actually. Like, yeah. so for one, the writing is just fantastic. I, I love yeah. so much about this writing. And I don't know, there's like a lot of interesting psychological stuff going on with like Miss Emily and Definitely. the town itself and like we'll, we'll get into all this but especially like the little hints of like miss emily miss emily's like almost like her upbringing her her background yeah. which i think actually yeah. when i on the reread i'm like okay that actually kind of can explain a lot so there's like a lot like some very interesting psychology here and definitely and it's got that very like southern gothic thing yes where there's different yes. like she clearly has a lot going on and has had a lot going on forever in a way that makes a lot of sense to her um but then everybody in the town kind of knows everybody's business but also doesn't necessarily know everything about everybody's business but no it's yeah it's low-key gothic as fuck like even just in the very beginning like we can we can talk about this and stuff but like her house is literally described with having like spires and Cup, what yeah. is it? Cup, couple cupolas and like these balconies. Yeah. I, I actually had to look those up. I knew what a spire was. It's like that twisty thing that like goes up. But yeah. the cupolas are like the. It's like this, like dome shaped, like dark, weird, like it's almost. A, it's a weird house to, to yeah. imagine in a place. Like the architecture of it, and it's described Definitely. too as just like it's like the. It used to be on the most select street, but now it's eyesore among eyesores, and yeah. it's just like standing out. It's the only house left on the street, and it's like just low-key, like grimy as fuck and and dark. And stubborn and coquettish decay yes like that's crazy <laughs> that's a crazy description exactly and it tells and it tells you so much and of course just like classic gothic not to mention this story is just dark as fuck i mean especially yeah. especially the ending and it's yeah. it's like grotesque and it's weird it's yeah it's great and of course it's, it's, a, it's also i think that that stuff about the the new architecture and stuff encroaching mm-hmm. on it such that her house is the only kind of old thing there and it's just sort of an eyesore like there's so much of that I think throughout the story as well like hers is also the only house that she wouldn't let them put like numbers on her mailbox. Yeah that was great. And I I think like there's a kind of at least feeling from her maybe that sort of joining the new generation or whatever is removing some of her individuality so she's kind of clinging to her own identity as like somebody from the old times whereas all this new stuff is coming in and she's she's not about it yeah which interestingly kind of supports i feel like the almost like the town perspective because it's like mm-hmm. 
Um, she well, we can talk about this too. But she like Emily has her taxes remitted by Colonel Sartoris, which by the way, Colonel Sartoris is a character in Barn yeah. Burning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's like and the, he he even has some line where it's like this was something that only a person of Colonel Sartoris's generation and of his like sort of frame of mind would do. And they talk. Yeah. There's multiple t- points where it's like they talk about how the old mayors were replaced by the new people with their new modern ideas and their new philosophies. And yeah, so in a way, Emily, Miss Emily is kind of like almost like a symbol for like a maybe like the days gone by, like a culture mm-hmm. that is being replaced. So, something something yeah, like she's, that. She's got that kind of like old, old timey, like genteel mm. thing where like people, it was maybe more like based on individuals or like individual families status and their relations yes. to each other where the newer stuff is more kind of systematic like okay the taxes everybody pays your taxes you don't Mm -hmm. get like individual dispensations because you're (laughs) from this family everybody gets a number on their mailbox because you can't just expect that everybody will know where everybody lives yeah um but she she kind of wants special treatment (laughs) yeah because that's a whole thing is and i I keep saying we'll get to this but we will get to this (laughs) but yeah miss emily grierson belongs to like the grierson family which is which used to be like the most highfalutin, like high class, high social standing family, but has kind of since fallen from grace. And there's little hints of like mental illness slash yeah. something more yeah. like in actual insanity going on within the family, which of course ties back into Miss Emily. But um, yeah, so okay, maybe I don't know if this is technically backtracking, but I'm just gonna actually literally just gonna mm-hmm. read the first sentence of this because I feel like yeah, it just yeah. sets the stage perfectly and is just kind of good. So, when Miss Emily Grierson died, our whole town went to her funeral. The men threw a sort of respectful affection for a fallen monument. The women, mostly out of curiosity, see the inside of her house, which no one save an old manservant, a combined gardener and cook, had seen in at least 10 years. So, that's already interesting too. Fallen monument, especially if we think about her as a symbol for like times of old or something like that. There's also like... I mean, throughout, there's sort of descriptions of her as being, yeah, like a monument. I think later, at some point, much further on, which I won't go there completely, she's described as, like, an icon or an idol in a in a shrine or something. Yeah. And then a live Miss Emily, within this first, like, page, a live Miss Emily had been a tradition, a duty, and a care, a sort of hereditary obligation upon the town. Yeah, I don't know. She's like, she's a thing. She's a she's a town fixture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of like a thorn in the side. And it's like, so it's not even quite clear what happens. But we do get the idea that at some point, like way back in the day, the mayor at the time, Colonel Sartoris, is like, you're like, you're good on your taxes. It's not even quite clear why, like the family standing or just, I don't know, they kind of pitied her, again, hereditary mm-hmm. obligations, something like that. And so they're like, no, you don't need to, you don't need to pay taxes from here, from here forward. And this is like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it, if anything, it's almost like a plot device because this, so we're kind of just getting background into like, like Miss Emily, her past, whatever, like she's had, she, she had, she was in this family, she lives in this house that's since broken down and yeah, but she doesn't have her taxes. And then that's kind of what, what prompts the initial visit is because it's the new mayors are replaced, like the new modern people, new people in power are uh replaced the old ones and you're like okay what's up with this lady like not paying her taxes yeah. she's, she's yeah. gotta like we gotta we gotta change that and then they go to visit her where we then i think learn much more about what's going on with with her 
yes. and especially kind of in light of her in light of her death. But yeah, so like they they base they visit and what she like she gets let in and then so I like have a quote right here where it says it smelled of dust and disuse, a close dank smell, and then later on when they sat down a faint dust rose sluggishly about their thighs spinning with slow motes in the single sun ray and then i'm just yep. just i'm just gonna get it all out here i'm, just, I'm gonna read one more yeah. so that's kind of like the house which is like just dis- disgusting disused dusty dank like it's like you know like you pull you like blow uh, like a library book and it, dust comes but that's like everything like you sit down on the couch yeah. and this plume of the, like just real real crusty and then yeah. and then eventually she comes down and this is her this is the description of her which I think is just like brilliant and in terms of just writing but it says she looked blow and also this is mad grotesque in my in my opinion which is like this is one of the many thing like many gothic elements that come up in the story but she looked bloated like a body long submerged in motionless water and of that pallid hue her eyes lost in the fatty ridges of her face looked like two small pieces of coal pressed into a lump of dough as they moved from one face to another while the visitors stated their errand <laughs> it's like damn not a not a very flattering description of no, this lady. no. faulkner but is actually like, very perfect. good perfect yeah, yeah it is like two pieces of coal pressed into like a lump of dough like you can just yeah. like picture and like a box she's already yeah, yeah she's like dead she's alive but she's like kind of dead like she yeah. looks you know the drowned body in the sentence before that her skeleton was small and spare mm-hmm. perhaps uh that was why what would have been nearly plumpness and another was obesity in her like it's already you know she's her skeleton is like the thing to be commented on there like the different parts of her body are like kind of weirdly disjointed from each other and don't really match up yes exactly and just the vibe because these are just little quotes but when you read it it's like the vibe as you enter it's almost like entering a tomb which yeah we we can talk about but it's like disused full of dust it's like there's, it's almost like there's no movement it's like there's no activity almost within the house because otherwise yeah. it wouldn't be so dusty and like cr- and she comes down and she's just eyeing them she doesn't say a word she's very short like they give her this whole kind of pitch like yo you gotta start paying your taxes and she's like see colonel tartarus i'm good yeah. and they're like no yeah. no like you're not good we like you gotta start paying your taxes she said see colonel sartorius who like died 10 years ago yeah colonel sartorius <laughs> is like not a factor anymore he is he's dead she's she's just like not tracking like what is what is current yeah um and not trying to track ways. yeah right. not, not like trying to track that's not her it's none of her business what is modern yeah and it's of. almost like she's kind of not kind of she's like entirely detached and Mm -hmm. dissociated which like thinking about that in light of some of the other stuff we're going to talk about like with her upbringing and like potential like i don't know like mental illness slash insanity like this is this is something we're already learning about miss emily as a character here and she's got some interesting interesting quirks definitely and the whole thing is just like (laughs) yeah uh the whole thing is just like the whole scene i feel like is just dark too like you have that image of like the decaying like you whatever you like something in decaying house with the spires and like it's fucked up and nasty and you go in it's dusty and there's like this grotesque woman who like slinks down and she's got these beady cool eyes it's it's just it's great and like this is all like within the first couple pages 
Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it really, it, it's very efficient about sort of painting a picture. For yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is kind of our first hint of like our first introduction, really, of just Miss Emily, like as an individual, and it's like, okay, this is, she's a little, she's a little funky, but you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's plenty more to come, and. This is in the story where Faulkner is like, she, basically she sends them off. Because they're like, they don't know what to do. And that's actually kind of funny. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk, I think there's actually some, there's multiple, there's a few points in this story that I think are genuinely, genuinely like funny. But, so, <laughs> it's like, so she sends them off and fought, like what Faulkner says is like she did 30 years ago with, you know, quote unquote, the smell. I, that's not what they, it's not quoted here, but there's like an incident with the smell. There was a smell around her house. Yeah. And people were, you know, not not too happy about the smell yeah, around she, her house. Yeah, she, she starts getting complaints. Um, yep. And I, I'm going to I s- love the discussion yeah. about that because just like, will, uh, damn it, sir, Judge Stevens said, will you accuse a lady to her face of smelling bad? Yes, that that's what um, I thought is, was like hilarious. It's not even her. It's like her house, but her house is so much a part of her that I guess it's... Yes. Anyway, yeah. and, they, and they have and they convene on this special meeting, like this political meeting. They're like, okay, what do we yeah. do? We've had multiple yep. complaints, and the people are like, you know, I'm the last one that would want to bother Miss Emily, but like this smell is fucked up, <laughs> and and it's like they so they have this special meeting, and it's like what like what do we do? Because like we can't just go what and, and one of the people even says like the judge is like, what do you want me to do about it? And she's like, isn't there isn't there a law? Shouldn't there be a law? It's like a law against smelling bad. <laughs> a law bad. against being stinky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I thought this part was just, like, great because so what they do is they decide, I'll just, I'll just read the quote. So the next night after midnight, four men crossed Miss Emily's lawn and slunk about the house like burglars, sniffing along the base of the brickwork and at the cellar openings, and they're just, like, sprinkling lime. So it's like, it's like these people who are like, we can't just like go up and tell her she smells like you can't, it's like not an enforceable thing. And she's already like not hearing anything about what we're saying. So they're like, fuck, let's just like, so they they like basically like break in to (laughs) like put deodorant on the house, like spray line. Uh, which yeah, this was this was just funny. And it's again, just like kind of a little weird thing. Like this, this is weird. There is a sort of like disgusting nasty smell to the point where people that don't even like to bother her are like coming to the to the mayor and they're like this shit stinks and we don't know what it is we have no idea what it is at this point and which is such a i mean it's such a weird thing right to like if you just passed a house and it just smelled like rank and awful Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's weird. Like, that's yes. just really confusing. Like, why, why from, would that be happening? Yeah, from um, this, like, person who we've just seen described right. with this, like, fucked up gothic-ass house, and there's a weird smell just emanating from it, which yeah. is, yeah, it, it's, and, like, like we take the perspective of the townspeople, and it's like, we don't, we don't know what's going on here really at all, yeah. and we're just trying to piece together. There's, like, this weird shit happening, and, uh, I mean, of course, we go on to learn more right. about it. And an important point, I think, for listeners, and just in general, and again, this is him leaving little breadcrumb trails, is this this smell incident took place two years after her father's death and a short time mm-hmm. after her sweetheart, the one we believed would marry her, had deserted her. And after her sweetheart went away, people hardly saw her at all. So we get this little hint, like, it's like, okay, after her father died, something, there's a sweetheart involved and this is just that's like and it's just a quick little line like you know you just kind of just read right past it it's like historical context i mean yeah i remember like the first time i read this i just i got to that part and i was just like all right yeah small backstory about this lady yeah i don't know it makes sense it's just part of the plot (laughs) 
but yep. yeah, ends up being huge. <laughs> ends up yeah. being ends up being yeah. huge. So this is kind of where, and again, let me know at any point if I'm like missing anything. But I believe at this point we get more into we learn a little bit about Emily's past, and this is where we yeah. find out that she had. I mean, among other things, she had like a great aunt, old lady Wyatt, who went at who the town people claim at least went had gone completely crazy at some mm-hmm. point like like an actual kind of insane person and we get little hints too it's like this is back when the Greersons held themselves like way like high up on social standing and this is again where we get some weird stuff with the father and it's not it's not at all clear Faulkner does not make this obvious at all but that he's kind of like saying no one's quite good enough for Miss Emily like she's got suitors maybe in the town but he just keeps turning them away for yeah. her and there's even a part actually where Faulkner says that like she probably would have taken one of these offers if if yep. they had actually been like brought to her if she had a decision in it that little section where they're talking about the Greersons kind of holding themselves too high and the description of the suitors and stuff like I, I just I really like these these lines like it's we had long thought of them as a tableau, Miss Emily a slender figure in white in the background, her father a spraddled silhouette in the foreground, his back to her, and clutching a horse whip, the two of them framed by the back-flung front door. Like, that's just, that's such a, <laughs> such a painting of an image, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Which, by, that seems mad gothic to me, too. Like, you can just picture, absolutely. like, this kind of, like, grotesque-ish woman with this, like, weird, silhouetted, dark, like, literally dark figure. Yeah. And he's got, like, a horse whip, and you can just imagine what that portrait looks like, and it's just, like, hung yep. up. And that portrait's mentioned again at a couple times. And yep. just, again, contributing to this whole, like, picture of the house, which is, like, completely related to, like, Emily as, like, an individual, too. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but so this is just, again, little things, too, where it's, like, it's gonna, th- these details, which don't necessarily seem too important at first, actually become um, pretty relevant later on, I think, because I, I think yeah. it can help maybe explain what kind of ultimately happens with Miss Emily. Like, she kind of, like, snaps, or, or maybe she always was like that. Some Something happens, and you, you like, we get this first hint that there's, there's, mental illness extreme mental Mm -hmm. illness or insanity somewhere Mm -hmm. in like the genetic line and her father is like weird like her father is got it's like he's giving off he does not pass the vibe check and he's like no no (laughs) yeah no it's it's kind of i mean it's that doesn't really ever go into specifically why their dynamic is like that but it's just it's a weird i mean it's weird like why is he so protective is it a superiority thing is it like like, I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, I mean, actually, when you think about it, speculations abound. Like, you can think mm-hmm. of, you can, and I don't know, it depends on how dark you want it. But it's very, right. he's he's very much sort of, like, repressing her. Like, yeah. you, get the, you get the feeling that she's almost, maybe not trapped in this house, but he's very overbearing. There's, like, yep. people who kind of are trying to get at her, and, and he's not having it. They're, they're nowhere yep. near good enough for, for Miss Emily. So just turning down one after one. You get the feeling right. she hasn't even talked. She hasn't been able to even talk to any of these people. That her father is just filtered out, and all of this is just like, by the way, like in a couple lines. And yeah. this is us just kind of like extrapolating. But you again, this is one of those things you almost kind of like read over in a way. Yeah. Or at yeah. Least you like I have did. to read it more than once just yeah. to just to get a sense of like what what all is going on because there's so many things yeah. that 
who knows what's going to end up being relevant. Yeah, and you don't know what the clues are until you find right. out what they were, like, clues for, you know, right. which which we are slowly working our way up to. <laughs> uh, but I think that's, like, so. Some, I think that is what, that's almost why I say, like, punchline, too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, it's more than that, but that is so much of the story, yeah. is it's, like, trying to, like, it's, like, what is going on? Like, we have this weird-ass yeah. lady, we have this weird thing with the smell, we have, like, some weird family stuff going on. Yeah, and then actually, this I do really m- yeah. like it that like there's the the you know the family stuff and like a number of things in this. It's never completely explained what's going on, which yeah. I feel like is is good kind of. Yeah, <laughs> like why is you know the everybody in the in the town is like yeah I don't know we we thought they were kind of felt like they were too good for us, which was annoying of them. But who knows? And it's like yeah, who does know? Yeah. We still don't you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, and yeah. the town. We should talk about this at some point, but the town is almost like vindictive against her. Yeah. Which is, it's almost like they resent her for her earlier, like, family stuff where they were higher above than, than everyone else. There's a line in here where when something happens and, like, I think it's when her her sweetheart, as they say, like, le- like abandons her, deserts her. They say, say something like, like, we felt, vind- we weren't happy exactly, but we felt vindicated. And, like, later on. And they're on, also, like, yeah. yeah, at last they could pity Miss Emily. Yes. That was when the people had begun to really felt sorry for her like they're kind of happy when they at least get to like it's like she's been brought down a peg and they're kind of like happy about yeah, it yeah yes um which yeah. i think again like that is a little a little like a very subtle thing that indicates like this the history here is actually very important i think mm-hmm. for understanding miss emily because she she was at one point in like the highest social standing and then you see where she's at now and it's like mm-hmm. okay yeah that's but yeah, the town, the the narration from the townspeople, like the narrator, whatever form it's taking, is actually very, very interesting. And I think we yeah. can, yeah. And we, I think even like just to just to go back slightly, like her having been in the highest social standing, like did she even really get to take advantage of that if she mm. wasn't able to like participate in if she was kept so held back protectively? Yeah, yeah her, it's almost like she. Or whatever. It's almost like the social standing took precedence over her actual own well-being. Yeah. And her family yeah. was not letting her do anything because it was all about, you know, being better or, like, haughtier. Is that the word, haughtier? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Miss Emily the haughty. Yeah. Haughty, haughty. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Miss Emily's bad. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, okay, so this is, again, now at some point, and I don't know, the narration is doing this, I feel like, pretty seamlessly. But we move on at some point to, for whatever reason, we're brought back to her father's death when her when her mm-hmm. father eventually dies which is kind of mixed in like we like i said earlier this is like i think a couple of years or sometimes short the smell incident was a little bit after the father's death yeah. so yeah. now we're here and this is i think for me one of the big points where we begin to realize miss emily might be a little bit not all there um some yes. of that some of that craziness or insanity those seem like two strong words actually because it's like it's 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 very subtle and it, at this point it's even you know justifiable but there's something a little yeah. off and i'm just Definitely. gonna read i'm gonna read this part there so her father dies and people like come to console her and i think at this point it's like no one has walked in that house for like years so, something right. like that and miss emily met them at the door dressed as usual and with no trace of grief on her face she told them that her father was not dead and she did that for three days. And I, that's just kind of like paraphrasing. But like basically they're coming. She's like to for uh, what's the word? Consol- no, I'm trying to say, I was going to say consolidate. Consolation, right? Yeah. yeah. To, to console her. 
And yeah, yeah she's like not phased. She's like, my father's not dead. What are, you, what are you tripping? What are you talking about? And it's like, that's weird. That's, yeah. that, and she does this for three, and they're like, bro, we need to get in to get this fucking bot. Like, yeah, your father's like a body. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like for three days. And then eventually, it's like they were gonna, they said they were gonna forcibly go in there, but eventually she broke down. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's justifiable. And it's like the town people even talk about, there's even a quote here we did not say she was crazy then. Right. Which, yeah. you know, kind of implies we didn't say, like, you can almost see, like, we did not say she was crazy then. But yeah. now, like, you know, a very, yeah. very subtle line there. And then, but yeah, it's like this, but again, it's kind of like, you know, it's justifiable. Her father was like this overbearing figure on her and probably had some, she had some weird psychological relationship. So when, mm-hmm. when he dies, like, I don't know, she just maybe can't process it. She's too traumatized. Like, you know, that right. that's the thing. She's in denial. That's like, isn't that yeah. one of the, uh, like Absolutely. five stages yeah. of grief, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's like this, this I mean it's a, that's a huge shift for her I guess like mm-hmm. he's probably like a symbol of like you know this this high class upbringing and stability and protection and stuff and now she's alone and that's sucks. Yes, completely alone. I mean it yeah, might be good for her alone. in some ways but she's she's not thinking of it as being Yeah, good and it, and it makes what she did there seem, you know, although weird within bounds. She's not it's not like it's it's weird but she's a weird person. Yeah. It's you're not you're not really at this point suspecting anything like crazy, but of right. course like I I I think this is this is one of those clues that is like okay well on the reread you can just see it all along like you can just see Absolutely. what's what's happening and Faulkner is just giving you little piece by piece by yeah. piece and it gets weirder and, and like, weirder and weirder and it's also interesting like the time jumps like the time since the timeline of the story is not linear like it starts with her mm-hmm. as an old lady and then it skips back to when she's I don't know like thirty however old she was when yeah. her father died. We already know that the house is kind of toomey and like decay-ish and just kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's already associations with the house and death and then it's like you jump back and her, her death, it probably wasn't at the time, like back when she was younger, but uh, already it's starting to get, starting to get there with this, with this three day old corpse of her father. Yeah, yeah, it's, so, and it's, yeah. and it's weird. And this is, I feel like this, I don't know, to me this, this rings like gothic too, because it's just like, it's yeah. just morbid, it's just dark, like it you've is. got like a rotting, yeah. decomposing body just in the, in the fucking house, and she's not letting anyone get in, because she's like denying that her father's dead. It's just like, yeah. it's weird, and it's fucked up, and it's, cre- and it's yep. kind of, it's creepy, especially like in light of all this other stuff, and like, you, again, like, like you said with the portrait, that's like, I actually kind of didn't even think about that, but that shit was weird. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It just paints like a very weird relationship, very weird household. Then this happens. And, 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 and although now it's kind of within bounds, quote unquote, we did not think she was crazy then. It kind of made right. sense. Um, it's, it's starting to kind of escalate and, and, yeah. and, and we'll get into that right now, actually more so when, um, we are introduced to Homer Baron, yes. which is the Great sweetheart name. Great <laughs> yeah. name for that guy I Homer thoughts, but we'll we'll get there okay cool i'm interested yeah <laughs> yeah i'm thinking i just see like homer because i don't know like you know odyssey iliad homer yeah. and i don't yep. know baron maybe like royals i don't know i'll be i hadn't really thought about it till like right now but yeah i mean homer is in because i'm pretty sure faulkner loved homer too like, i think yeah. he read yeah. the odyssey like religiously so okay we can we, let's let's put a pin in that but okay so she so yeah basically I don't know what it is, but a gang of, like, northern day laborers come in, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. this is where we meet Homer Baron, and she, and I don't know, basically they just start kind of going out together. And it's, like, the townspeople are, 
observing this kind of uh, courtship, I guess, and it's it's weird the their reactions to this because some people are kind of like oh good she like finally gets to have a boyfriend like she hasn't gotten to do that for her whole life but then some of them are like oh this is not this is not good for the children to see yeah but she's <laughs> corrupting is, the youth and it says yeah oh, and they were like sure you know it's like whatever she's having fun but then they said of course a grierson would not think seriously of a northerner a day laborer Right. Which does a couple of things. Like, one, we just... I mean, this is, like, the South thing, right? This is where the Southern right. Gothic part comes in. It's like, oh, you're fucking with the North, like a day laborer in the North. <laughs> right. And, and, then it, and then also it's, like, it's like a Grierson wouldn't marry a, a, a Northerner. So we get, the like, the Grierson's as a family, yeah. as, like, a social family would not stoop that low, implying that their status again... Just another little nod to them at one point being high up on, like, whatever the the social cast of like this of this small town and there's okay so this this is a weird thing i'm like i, I just because i don't know what to make of this but to me okay. it has to be something so after her father's death she's basically sick for this is before homer comes in and she's sick for a while and then and then this is me quoting now it says when we saw her again her hair was cut short making her look like a girl with a vague resemblance to those angels and colored church windows sort of tragic and serene and it's like, yeah, I don't know quite how to interpret that, but it seems like, I don't know, it it seems like Faulkner didn't just throw that in there for fun. Like, she, yeah. she, her hair's cut short, looking like a girl, resemblance to an angel, tragic and serene yeah. angel. Yeah. So, I think, so yeah. I think the hair thing, at least, seems like her finally getting to express some, like, mm. adolescent tendencies that she maybe didn't get to when she was younger so like her dad was super overbearing she didn't get to have sort of like youthful dalliances Mm, or whatever so now she's like okay he's dead i get to be you know 15 or something yeah i actually Um, i i I love that interpretation because it says he even says making her look like a girl and it's you get the idea that her childhood and her adolescence is something that she lost father dies when they see her next her hair is cut short look girl yeah uh, okay, because I had went a completely different direction, but I like that. What, but did, I you, was, what did you think? Yeah. I was thinking this just marked some kind of psychological like break in her, because this is okay. right. This is right when her father dies, and we have this change in identity. Like she cuts her hair, she kind of changes her whole. She changes her whole look, and yeah. I don't know the angel, I, quote unquote, tragic and yeah. serene which you know I, I i hadn't i wasn't quite sure what to make exactly of this but i i had the way i was thinking about it and especially kind of like what happens directly after this this homer mm-hmm. thing which we're going to get into with basically the rat poison i i saw this as like almost like symbolic of some kind of like almost like she could have this is just like you know just spitballing but like it was some kind of snap her father died who had had this huge influence on who she was and her whole upbringing and probably contributes to why she's a little kind of like fucked up he dies she's alone transfer like next time they see her there's this complete transformation and then what happens next is about to happen so we have this little transformation she meets homer which oh interesting because you know what the trans that that the, her hair cutting her cutting her hair short and everything that happened yeah. before Homer so I, I yeah. actually really like what you said because it's like she becomes 
she's like she gets to be she gets to be a girl again she gets to be an adolescent again and then what do you know what does she start doing she starts going out with um homer baron she starts going out with a guy i think it could easily be be both it like probably the, is, the hair yeah. cutting short thing like it's you know because it's it's and the sickness like it's like it's like she kind of died mm, like she's yeah. not dead but it's like her father died and she died and now she's like kind of snapped and she's like all right i'm gonna yeah exactly because i actually (laughs) hadn't really thought about the sickness thing really actually come to think of it but you're right she has this whole bout of sickness where nowhere sees her when they see her again she's yeah so that's actually a pretty and and again i kind of just read over that line i'm like oh weird Mm -hmm. cool but so then yeah so then this is the part with like the poison which i thought was just this this is for me where things like escalate a little bit where it's like okay she is low-key a little a little bit crazy here there's something yeah. there's something a foul something amiss so they you know because it kind of comes out of nowhere like there's mm. this there's the description there's the description of homer baron and the sort of townspeople's reactions where they're like poor emily about her having this this guy that she's going out stooping with. so and low then, to be yeah. with a, a northerner yeah <laughs> and then uh and then, like, all of a sudden, the rat poison. And it's like, okay, there's there's, there's a connection here because nothing in this is, is feeling accidental so far. But it's yeah. like, what is it going to be exactly? Yeah, there's some sort of transition where she... It, I forget what it was, but she's always been impervious or always, like, stubborn, something, something, something. Like when she went and bought the rat poison. And then... Yes. And, and yes, yeah. this is right after we've been introduced to her hanging out with Homer and yes, yeah, so this is yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna read some quotes here, but basically she goes to like whatever the pharmacist, the, the druggist, and this I think was a, another just like kind of dark, weird, fucked up description of her because yeah. she's described as having these cold, haughty black eyes and a face the flesh of which was strained across the temples and about the eye sockets as you imagine a lighthouse keeper's face ought to look. Yes. <laughs> and at first I was like, is that? good writing or very bad writing i can't tell like this is like what you would imagine a lighthouse keeper to be but at the same time it gives me a mental image you can picture miss emily yeah with like yeah. the wrinkled have face. you seen the movie the lighthouse i have the... actually yeah okay she's yeah. fucked up yeah that it, yep talk about weird fucked up you know it, it does something for me at the end of the day that line and yeah. you just uh, get these black these cold black eyes and like yeah the wrinkled face and then so that's how we're described as her yeah. coming in and then I'm just going to read a little bit of the dialogue between her and the druggist because I think it does a lot. Like, you can't, you, you can't tell it better. You can just say it. So, I want some poison, she said. Just right off the bat, yeah. I, I want some poison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, druggist said, yes, yes, Miss Emily, what kind? For rats and such, I'd recommend. And then she gets cut off. I want the best you have. I don't care what kind. The druggist named several. They'll kill anything up to an elephant. But what you want is, and she said, arsenic, Miss Emily said. I want arsenic. Which is like this crazy ass poison, and they have a little bit more yeah. back. They have a little bit more back and forth. It's like that's way too. You don't need arsenic yeah. for rats. And um, then he says, "But the law requires you to tell. Uh, the requires you to tell tell what you're going to use it for." Miss Emily just stared at him, her head tilted back in order to look him eye for eye until he looked away and went and got the arsenic and wrapped it up. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a lot. And happening then it here. ends up with four rats written on it yeah but like it's it's she did not she never she (laughs) never said it was for rats and he's like you got to tell me what this is for legally and she just literally just and this is again the dark the weird she just stares this fool down until he's so uncomfortable (laughs) that he like gets the arsenic has his like little like his servant go and bring it up 
his little this white seems worker. like exactly the person that you should not be selling arsenic yeah. to. Like if somebody comes in and acts like this, you should be like, no, sorry, yeah, <laughs> I can't it, sell you that. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like that whole scene is is it just, it's just again it's just weird and like yeah. we still don't really like you know it's like okay say she's buying poison like what what's she buying poison for like what what is this yeah. for like you can maybe yeah. think of some reasons but. It's just and like then this is strange. before. This is also before the the, the stink incident. Yeah, um, I right. So, it is, I wasn't then, sure, like, but it that, is. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, in that part, they're sort of talking about like, well, what could have done it? Well, it might have been like somebody killed a rat in her yard. Oh, and it's like, okay, right. well, there's potentially a connection there. Like, it's sort of clues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, yeah, you're so right. And I think this actually is where the non-linearity of the story is important because mm-hmm. it's it's almost like, especially like in high, like if you you can imagine it where it's like she's she's on this weird shit. She buys rat poison. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden there's a weird smell coming from her place. Like what's going on? Yeah. But the the back and forth and back and forth and the timeline yeah. not being clear is like okay, weird but sure. You, the connections, yeah, it like makes the the connections and the clues and the hints and stuff way harder to piece together yeah. because they're not it's almost i mean yeah. i i hesitate to use the word like mystery but it's just like weird thing after weird thing after weird yep. thing it, n- none of it quite making sense together of course yep. until the ending ties it all together and then it's just completely obvious and yeah. maybe like how we're talking about it right now is even kind of making it obvious but like as you're reading the story it's i don't think it's it's definitely not immediately clear it's just weird yeah. it's just strange because yeah. then because you know right after this Boom! They start talking about the wedding, like the pre- this preparation for right. the wedding between uh, Miss Emily and Homer, who seem to be like getting along pretty well. They're hanging out, and and then, which okay, first off, there's this weird part where it's like home. This Homer Baron guy, Loki mm-hmm. likes likes men. Like it's like a yes. quick sentence, and it's like yep. And it's I guess it's a little I mean it's pretty clear I think what he's doing, but it's a little ambiguous because it's like he likes men and he hangs out yep. with like the young the young guys at the bar and it's like okay yeah. mate, like this. so i i looked into like a little bit of sort of the stuff that people have written about this nice. and uh just just to see yeah like what people people didn't necessarily make that connection until like the 80s oh weird so yeah That's funny. so like but i think to i mean to me as like a, a modern person who's mm. aware of things um <laughs> i i read that and i'm just like okay well that makes sense which yeah. i think now i'll i'll get into my theories about the name okay perfect baron but uh so i think you're like definitely the connection to like the odyssey and homer's writing and stuff is is there and then baron um as kind of he's a day laborer but he has this kind of connection to like aristocracy with the name like it sounds mm. like baron like the title but also <laughs> baron kind of also sounds like baron like a a barren landscape or like someone mm. who is barren who can't reproduce and oh. so there's kind of that connection and then homer is like the greek thing which has been sort of innuendo for like kind of kind of gay things so yeah. i'm just like okay you know maybe maybe that <laughs> Um, yeah, I like just that. Hidden in the name. Because, <laughs> because yeah, Homer Baron is not a name you just. It's not like a normal name. I yeah. think he's trying to do something with it. Like it's not like yeah. people in. Well, I was gonna say the South, but I guess he's from the North. But still, it's not like yeah. people are not just named like Homer yeah. Baron. <laughs> right, and, and then also just yeah. like, just thinking about like the stuff that that Homer has written, like the Iliad. Mm-hmm. At the end of the Iliad, when Patroclus yeah. dies and. Uh, um achilles so keeps his his body around it's like you know the father um just clinging to 
clinging to the dead. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. Bit. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yes. I like you. I think I, I endorse your theory. I like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like we, and Baron too being like the aristocracy, like being higher social. Yeah. Yeah. I li- yeah okay. Okay. Cool. But no, the, <laughs> I think the reason it's so, I mean, the, the men thing is like literally one line and it's, yeah. and it's like in, and it's, it's like a little hyphenated fragment within a sentence. I think yeah. so, it's something like that. Then, it's very yeah, easy I'll, to miss. I'll read it. I yeah. have it marked. Then, nice. then we said she will persuade him yet because Homer himself had remarked he liked men and it was known that he drank with the younger men in the Elks Club, that he was not a marrying man. Um, and that's which, it. That's the only little right, hint you get. It. But like, you don't yeah. just, you don't just put that there for nothing. And then I think it right. could, it could make sense, especially like in, in light of this ending, um, like yeah. that little fact about him. So, but okay. So yeah, that was just like a little, little tangent. Cause like at this point though, it seems like they're still going to settle down. Like she, at yeah. this point, she buys a, and this, this will be important later. She buys yeah. a men's silver toilet set with the letters H B um, engraved into it. And she gets this whole outfit for him, like gets a whole yeah, outfit, including a night shirt, as in like, you know, he's going to be staying the night and everything. So everyone's like, OK, yeah, I, like they're for sure going to get they're for sure going to get married. And and then Homer leaves at some point and they were thinking mm-hmm. to do. And this is, again, another really small part, but that the more I think about it, actually, I think has is relevant where her cousins were staying with her at some point, mm-hmm. a couple of her cousins. And they were speculating that like homer was leaving because she was going to go meet them and this was a this was like a precedent or a pre something for them for the aunts to leave or the cousins to leave which they do yeah and the town describes them as like more grierson than like emily ever could have been yeah and yeah so i don't i really don't actually because this that's a very very there's only like one or two lines about them i feel like in the whole story but yeah i mean uh, may just at least at the very least it's hinting towards like more i think mental illness more insanity and running in the family because it's like the cousins everybody wanted everyone wanted her out like the whole town is saying something like they want she was even worse than like they just wanted them gone and it's not clear what they did it's not clear what has been going on but that more Grierson than Emily ever right. could have been. So, something right. like that. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't sure what to do with this whole segment. Like I, I, yeah. I definitely, I, I agree with what you're saying now that you, now that you bring that up. But as I'm reading it, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what this is getting at, but I think like, yeah, I mean, with the, with the stuff we've talked about, about how like, who really, you know, who really knows what was up with, with her family and people are kind of weird in it and all of that. Like, again, it's maybe kind of fitting that we don't get a ton of description. Yeah, I think that that means I think that's kind of got to be the point, actually, is we're taking the perspective of the town where it's like, what? yeah, yeah, we're seeing this, that, the other and not knowing what's going on behind. We're not knowing the whole thing around which this is revolving, which we find out at the end. But yeah, yeah. And it's like I was even thinking like, I don't I don't know. Well, actually, no, I was gonna say I don't know the chronology of things, but like were the were the two cousins there during like related to the ending but i think they actually oh. i think i think they leave before and then homer comes back i think back. that's true yeah. i think that's true yeah the cousins go homer comes back someone sees homer enter the house at dusk one evening and then right. quote and that was the last we saw of homer baron which yes. and then so i'm just ending the quote there but the next sentence which again makes this like not obvious is end of Miss Emily for some time as well, basically. So it's like, this is the last yes. time, this is the last we see of Homer. It's also the last we see of Emily for a while. Right. And you just kind of assume like they're doing their marriage 
thing. Like, they're right. just posted up with each other or whatever. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, you know, now we... And then it kind of comes back. If Again, let me know if I'm missing something. But I think it more or less goes back to the funeral. Like, the kind of where we started in the very beginning where Miss Emily has passed and the town is going to, like, visit her house. And, again, yeah. now those kind of beginning lines make sense. This This fallen monument... Uh, hereditary yeah. obligation the women are curious to see what the inside of the house looks like oh shit not to mention because she's she's basically gone she's like yeah Emma, and at some point like I, I i didn't really realize this actually but at some point the town thinks assumes that homer has left and deserted her so i don't right. i'm not actually quite sure at what point that that happens but there's a whole period where She's giving China painting lessons, you know? Yes. And so I, I have, I, like, I guess a thought on that, but I'll save it for after. But that's an interesting element here, I think, is there's a period of a few years where she's just, of all things, people are coming to her place and she's giving painting lessons. Yeah. And But, but it's mentioned, it's like people sent their children off to her house with the same spirit they sent them off to, like, Sunday service. It's almost like a charitable thing. Like, just right, go right. hereditary obligation. Like, they just feel bad. Yep. And then people it's stop. Just, she's a, again, yeah, she's like a, a fixture and an obligation in the town. Yes. Like, you just sort of have to do that. It's also just weird that she would want to do that at all. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, because uh, she's so private and she's mm-hmm. so kind of aloof from everybody. And yeah. she doesn't want people in her house, mostly. Yeah. Um, so it seems out would, of character for her to do it this. It does, yeah. Like, the years would pass, and she would be like, okay. it's It feels kind of out of character and kind of like she's done another kind of metamorphosis where she was sick and yeah. then she cut her hair short, and mm. then now it's, again, it's going back to her hair, True. but it's, like, different because it's her gray hair. Yeah, um, gray hair. Which is important, important. her gray yes. hair. Gray, yeah. it, she's noted Steel for gray. having this iron gray hair, solid yeah. gray yeah. hair to her death. Yes. So... So, like, just that she's trying to make this gesture, it seems like, of just, like, you know, let me let me try to get involved in the community a little bit by offering painting lessons. Because she didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't super work, but yeah, you know, she does it but a little bit. It's a nice little detail that's adding on to, I feel like, the com- complexity of her psychology as a character throughout this whole story. There is this period of several years, almost a decade, I think, like seven or eight years, where she's, yeah, yeah. where she's giving painting lessons. And I don't know. It's something that I don't think can be ignored. I don't know quite what to make of it, but yeah, it can't, can't quite be ignored. Definitely. But so, okay, now we're back at the funeral scene, kind of back at the original starting point of the novel, where now we've heard a lot about Miss Emily's past. And so, yeah, we're just going to start here. So basically yeah. they go to the house to like whatever, pay pay respects, um, consolations. And this part was, we, we, I think we should table this for a second, but okay. the servant, the house servant. Yeah. He's been there since he was young. He's been getting he old. Yes. In fact, he's kind of tragic, a tragic figure, I think. He really is. Yeah. Like, I want to know, I want to know about his strange life. With yes. All of this. Yes. You, like yeah. being, and, and he's described as having his, like he, his voice is rusty from disuse and they're yeah. not even sure he's even interacting with Miss Emily. Like that was literally right. said. They're not even sure if they even talk. And once they go, they talk like the servant lets them in. I don't think he even says anything. And then this is a mm-hmm. quote. The quote is, he walked right through the house and out the back and was not seen again. And that is, I, I, I yeah, we can, we can put a pin in that one, I think. Yeah. But I have, I have some thoughts on that. And yeah. so whatever, they're kind of just like looking through, they're looking through the house and eventually they get up to the upstairs. They get to the upstairs room. Before, before yes. we get to the upstairs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just want to, I want to note that like her house 
it's it's mentioned at some point that it seems like the upstairs of her house has been boarded up and she's just living in the downstairs which yes is something that people do i mean i guess if you have like limited mobility or you it's hard to take care of your whole house people will sometimes like shut off rooms or floors or whatever and her bed that she's found dead in is on the bottom floor yeah um, true as uh, on this like disgusting yellowed mattress yeah. pillow like moldy or like yeah. hadn't seen, it's like this gr- but yes that is true i completely overlooked that yeah which interesting. is just another weird little detail of just like why you know why this yeah but, especially but, in light of like what we're about to just say because yeah right, i'm not about to right. see, they don't they don't find her in this room that they're about to break down right and mm, because yeah it's actually it's described they have to literally force their way in because it's like right uh, right mm. which is another the, the the word choice around when people come to her house is always so interesting because yeah. like there they had to force their way in there was sort of a yes. let me see if i have the quote actually yeah the violence of breaking down the door earlier when they were going to come in they almost had to force their way in like through legal means mm-hmm. there's so much just you know it's just it's really harsh trying to get into her place like, yeah she's and trying honest- to keep these secrets yeah and it's like the it's I, I actually like the idea of like the place being kind of representative or me- metaphoric symbolic whatever kind of of her where it's like they have to mm-hmm. no one's been there no one's visited yeah. it for for decades basically same thing with yeah. her and it's dusty and it's full of disuse and you have to break it down, the violence of breaking it down. Yeah, so, um, yeah, interesting. I like that idea of the house being almost like a symbol of, of her. But, yeah, so, basically, yes, there's this door upstairs that has been, un- it says it's been unopened for 40 years. That's what that's what it says. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. believed to be unopened. I think it even just says, like, with narrative authority, unopened. About, you know, whatever. Right. Like, but since, since the townspeople, like, the narration townspeople have not really known what's up this whole time. Yeah. Like, who knows? Who knows? I don't trust them anymore to really yeah. know what's going on. Yes. So, but, yes, yeah. like you said, they, they break down the door. And then this is, this is a, I think, a critical part, too. So the room is filled with, it says, you know, quote, unquote, pervading dust. And then... A thin, acrid pall, as of the tomb, seemed to lie yeah. everywhere upon this room, decked and furnished as for a bridal. Yes. So, and they're just, and, and again, he, the suspense, he leaves you, he, he just like describes the room before he even gets to the thing. And it's like, so yeah. I'll just actually read that too. Upon yeah. the delicate array of crystal and the man's toilet things backed with tarnished silver... Uh, you remember yeah, yeah. silver yep. so tarnished that the monogram the, the yep. engraving was obscured yep. among them lay a collar and a tie as if they had just been removed and then later on upon a chair hung the suit carefully folded yep. beneath it the two mute shoes and the discarded socks new paragraph yep. new paragraph break the man himself lay in the bed boom <sighs> yeah crazy <laughs> so big like Oof. yeah big reveal and Holy you go shit. in, yeah, and it's like all those things she bought when you thought she was going to go, when this was for the wedding, like the tarnished yep. silver, and maybe it was, and then something happened, like, right. it's not clear, but yes, there's like, we have, it's, it's, I think, pretty clear that these are the things she bought for him earlier, everything yep. is in like this perfect place, unmoved, yep. covered in dust, like, there's even a point yep. where they lift a shirt, and there's like this perfect um, shape yep. of dust. Like the crescent. On yes. Them. Yeah. And then, so... 
this is i also really like yeah. it just like just this is tiny but like in this part upon the valence curtains of faded rose color upon the rose shaded lights and then the mm. title of the whole story is a rose for emily oh like, my god this, so this. true yeah <laughs> yeah anyway because yeah i was actually wondering because i'm like she never even got like a, a rose like i don't yeah. a rose for emily yeah actually that's something to think yeah. about too but um so you know that's like that that's kind of like a gut punch and then and then he and then he one ups you some more because it's like okay I that's know, it's crazy yeah <laughs> so yeah much. it's like that's pretty horrifying so again and again this is just gothic up up the ash where it's like you have it's like dusty musty disgusting and you have like this yeah. and i'm not even getting into the description of like him where he's like yeah. just completely rotted like yeah like he's not even rotting because he's just so withered he's like yeah he's, he's just part of the bed he's yes just, yeah yeah he's and, part that's uh yeah and and <laughs> yeah, he's described had become as inextricable from the bed in yes. which he lay yikes and he's described the long sleep that outlasts love <laughs> yes that was great yeah. uh, there's a bunch of little like little just great writing parts i'm not even like yeah. mentioning. but yes and, and i it, there's some line where he's described as being kind of like in an embrace like a position of embrace yeah, yeah. and so yeah so that so that's a whole thing and you're like wow okay that was crazy she's had like this yeah. fuck, she's had who presumably is Homer Baron, like up in her thing, and then the very, the very last line hits you with another, with that extra little something, something, which I'm just gonna read. Then we noticed that in the second pillow was the indentation of a head. One of us lifted something from it, and leaning forward, that faint and invisible dust, dry and acrid in the nostrils, we saw a long strand of iron gray hair. In which mm. there was a point made very, very explicitly early on that at some point, I think it was after the death of her father, actually, her hair turned gray, stayed gray, yeah. had always yeah. had been iron gray until her death. So, yeah, the idea being, of course, that she's basically just been keeping everything in pristine condition and yep. not clear, but like visiting, sleeping with like this, yep. this body. And I hadn't thought about what you said, where she's actually discovered in the bed of her own like yeah. downstairs so it's actually not clear because my original thoughts was that she was going up there like every night and sleeping there yeah but like, yeah it's weird to me that that's there like you think it, like you could almost have her be dead on a couch or something and it would yeah. imply that she had kept doing that but instead it's like did they did they break up <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's like yeah. so it's like and you know it could just be that one night she just you know right. what i don't know maybe That's you know true. she's weird maybe she knew she was gonna die some whatever That's some true. premonition maybe she yeah. goes there like every once in a while maybe she goes there yeah. every night maybe she only went there when he was rotting and disgusting like it's it's not clear Ugh. yeah <laughs> right yeah which is some shit she would yeah. do which is some shit we would yeah, she yeah would do. for sure absolutely but we have i mean i imagine that would be like when at least the first couple days would be sort of the the height of the appeal. Yeah, like the embrace. He still looks like himself. Yeah, yeah positioned you know. in the embrace, and yeah. but we know one thing for sure, which is that there is there is this irrefutable piece of evidence. Like her hair yeah. is in the bed, yeah. and I was thinking. So I what leads me to think this actually is a somewhat frequent occurrence is the indentation of the pillow. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think it would stay indented if she That's, had been doing this. I mean, maybe actually you could yeah. see a case where it's actually so untouched that it, it like it did stay indented. But you would think an indentation is something that gets like re-smoothed over after a yeah. certain point. And upon him and the pillow beside him lay that even coating of the patient inviting dust. Hmm. So it's possible she hadn't been there for a little bit. Yeah, it's not clear. He's kind of giving but us signs both ways. And I yeah. think that's the point. We don't know at what exactly. at what point 
Because again, it, it is implied that she did kind of shut up and board up like that top room. Yeah. Although my initial thought of that is that she basically like boarded herself in there or like, but okay. the, but yeah. the dust, the pervading dust, the tomb, yeah. the tomb, like it's like, it's like they're breaking open something that has not been open right. for a long time. Right. And yeah, so I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of it, but it's fucked up any way you think about it. It really is. Because <laughs> really I mean, if anything, that almost lends more credence to the fact that it's like it hasn't been opened in a while we knew she was there at some point she was probably up there when he was dead like freshly yeah, dead definitely. and then whatever once he starts rotting too much she goes downstairs and just keeps him up there right. so because if she was if she was out there at some point if it hasn't been open for years and years and years that means it was closer and closer and closer to actual homer's death that he would also right. even just saying that homer's death like homer the homer has yeah. to be a, a, something it, homer yeah. has yeah, to be something so but yeah, so yeah, that it's just it's just any way you look at it, it's like just whatever way you want to look at this, it's, it's creepy as hell. It's like regardless, up. yeah. And you know, not. we've kind of been alluding to it, but it's it's not quite clear what's going on. And like, this is one of the stories you read, and it's like you get chills at the end because it's like, what yep. the f- and it all clicks into place. Everything clicks into place, like the smell, the arsenic, the craziness. Yep. Everything yep. just falls, yes, right, right into place, and it's yeah, and it's just and it's gnarly, and this <laughs> is why I think this is why I think the China painting is fucked up too, is because basically she was having people come in for yeah. years, yeah, into her house where this yes, was upstairs, dark, morbid, and yeah. fucked up, and also just yeah, maybe you know what I can't, I almost like this interpretation of it is the painting is maybe there to like juxtapose. The fact that it's like there's a dead ass body upstairs. Yeah. And it's like, what yeah. are they doing? China painting. Like they're just yeah. painting. With like, kids. Like with it's kids. like very like it's the yes. youth of the town. Yes. Um, and then there's this this dead Yeah. Dead guy <laughs> upstairs. Yeah, so maybe it's there to even just emphasize the contrast. Uh, just be morbid, just to be fucked up. Yeah. I I, I think yeah. that is another fucked up element is the fact yeah. that Yes, kids coming in to do of all things China painting while there is this person up here. And the servant the servant. That's yes. what I'm. It's not clear whether yeah. he knew, uh, but I think right. it's you kind of have to. I, I. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. But this is what I think is interesting: is he, she dies. The people come. He walks right out the door without a word, never to be seen again. Yep. Implies he kind of knew what something was going on. He at least knew that something was not right yeah. about her and the house, and he was not having a good time no. being there yeah yeah um, again why he's a tragic figure because the townspeople even say they 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 remember when he when he was young and year after yeah. year he was getting grayer and grayer yeah. and older and older and then he's living with this like weird ass li- it's it's a, just another element of darkness and fucked upness that's just weird and he's like he's like committed to keeping her secrets like regardless yeah. of how much of of them he knows he's not talking to other people yeah like, which is also kinda, interesting like yeah. why you wonder is it like does I, he I sympathize <laughs> for, does he sympathize with her does he truly not know what's going because there's a little line it's like he might not even be interacting with her but it's like you right. wonder how much of it you like is he in the same boat as the townspeople or what's this weird smell right. oh you know it kind of takes care of itself whatever maybe it's a rat he doesn't know much else and miss emily's weird or and it's like i don't know you it's, yeah, but then I actually, why, like, he, does he not have any like relationships with anybody in the town at all? Like, is he just yeah. for whatever reason he's just kind of socially 
isolating himself. It's like, like the whole he house. He have to do that. But. Yeah, but it's almost like the whole house is like that. Anything within the yeah. house, any person attached to the house, or even maybe attached to Emily, is shut off and cut off and yeah. isolated completely. Maybe some, again, just adding to it's weird. It's like this little house on this abandoned, decaying street that no one talks to. It's like this weird, it's been, un, no one had, it, when the tax people go in at the very beginning, that was the first time someone had walked in for over 10 years or something. Right. And before that, it was the China paintings, which before yeah. that was like 10 years before anyone had walked in. And that door remained yeah. unopened. It's presumably maybe for 40 years. Yeah. It I mean, there's a its, lot of. It gets its little hooks into people. It does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah, there's a lot of room for interpretation here. It's I think it's left deliberately ambiguous. But any way you look at it, it's fucked up for sure. Any way you look at it, it's super fucked up. up. Super yeah. fucked up. But it was great. And yeah. I like again the writing is great. I think it's yeah. like there's Miss Emily as a character I think is like kind of fascinating and these just little these very subtle hints at something yeah. and that you can just speculate wildly. Like the father, the um the even the cousins, the crazy Definitely. the crazy great aunt. Like what's ha- like, and it's and like you said, there's multiple points where she seems to undergo some drastic transition, like yeah. some psychological. I don't want to say psychological break, but some kind of transformation of some yeah. sort, which you yeah. think it seems like directly tied to things like the death of her father, right? Yeah, so, and yeah, Homer's Homer's death. Yeah, Homer Baron. Um, Homer yeah. Baron. Yeah, I think another thing that's so kind of interesting about her as a character is that she's she's not likable like at all like at any at no point is she likable but also kind of like the townspeople being happy about pitying her there's something weirdly humanizing about this incredibly creepy thing that she's done yeah it's like she presumably killed him right like presumably that's what that was um but um, for some potentially psychological reason to like where it's like she's going to have a man forever. She's going to be right. she's no longer going to be lonely. She's going to have someone right. who's not going to leave like her father died. She's been deprived of contact of people. This is going to be someone who she gets to be with yeah. for her whole and life. And he is he is maybe not going to go along with marrying her like that yeah. seed of doubt has been super planted. Like it seems like he's maybe showing up to be like, hey, I got to go. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not going to stick around. And then it's like, no, you really are going to stick around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, which is not, I mean, that's awful. Like, that's it's dark and terrible. But at the same time, it's like you can kind of, the fact that she wanted that, like, intimacy so yeah. badly that she would go to this bizarre length to do it, it kind of makes me feel bad for her. It's tragic. Like, it's, it's sort of yeah. tragic if you view this as, like, she is basically so lonely her childhood has been so repressed. She's so yeah. desperate for some kind of contact, some kind of connection that she's just... And, you know, the idea is that she's, ins- she's like, mentally ill. She is actually, right. like, genuinely kind of some streak of insanity where it's, like... And, which could completely be caused by her upbringing, by the father, by the aunt, right. by, like, whatever. Probably a whole mix of things. But, you know, whatever it is... And, of course, the act itself is fucked up. But if we're, if we're taking the stance of, like, sympathizing with Miss Emily because of, like, whatever fucked up background or everything... Yeah, it's sad. Like, she's literally... Yeah. She kind of has to kill somebody. Like, she has to murder somebody with poison to yep. keep... To keep And, like, that. I mean, it's, it's the whole thing is she was laying in the bed with him even when he right. was dead. It's like, right. so, it's so, like, it's like a fucked up way of having a partner 
in a way, like yeah, having a yeah. life partner. I mean, that they're they're married, kind of. Yeah. Mean, he's in her. He's in her house. He's in her bed. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's like her know. crazy delusion, and like which probably has everything to do with the fact that she's been isolated from people. Like she's yeah. weird. She's weird because yeah. she's like literally just been cooped up in this dark gothic decaying house with yeah, a father yeah. who knows what's going on with the father who knows right. what's going on who went on with on with the great aunt this father this dark silhouetted figure with in the portrait carrying a horse whip who's not letting any men see her it's just her it's just her and emily it's just him and emily yeah shooing off everybody like there's it, it, it the depth of like miss emily's what's like what's going on here the depth of how fucked up this is implies some equally some fucked upness in proportion like with her Absolutely. background right which yeah. in a way yes kind of does make her like a tragic like a tragic figure even though of yeah. course the whole thing is like that's fu- like that's fucked it's up. grotesque i mean it's, yeah. it's awful and like grim and gross but it's but you can kind of yeah. see how it would how it would get there yeah yeah it's like yeah. this is what i meant by it's not just a punchline it's not just for the shock factor right. there is like this whole kind of psychological story just i think expertly weaved throughout the whole thing yeah. very subtly like you don't even realize you're you're picking up the clues until at the very end you do and it all yeah. yes it all make it all makes sense which i think is great on faulkner's part because you don't even realize what's happening and then it all just boom Yep. And yeah, I don't know. Miss em- so Miss Emily is a character with depth and like complexity. And of course, on top with the whole just the whole story just being like I think excellently written and yeah, weird, yeah. like yeah. like kind of like horrifically like entrancing. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. just kind of get no, lost. No, it's beautiful, it's like, but it's also f-? yeah. Yeah, it ropes yeah. you in and it's weird and it intrigues you. Yeah. And it's but it's yeah. also like it intrigues you in the same way that like grotesque things and fucked up things kind of intrigue you. But with like yeah. but just told. <laughs> beautifully just like tall yeah. just, the story itself is great and, every, and it's funny every event that happens is like compelling on its own you're yeah. just like why are these things all happening i don't really know but they're all interesting yeah um and you get the sense that he is kind of weaving something larger yes with these definitely. with these little with these little yeah scenes, there's a payoff you yes. know there's a payoff coming even if you don't know what it's gonna be yes definitely <laughs> yeah but yeah, that's more or less the end of the story. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was great and just like kind of and there's so many little things not even talking about like just I, I feel like this is a great this is a good great example of like gothic literature yeah, because there's definitely. so many things like I'll just read a little part here where there's a couple times where she's described like this where now and then we would see her in one of the downstairs windows. She had evidently shut up the top floor of the house, like the carven torso of an idol in a niche, looking or not looking at us. We could never tell which. And yes. that's one of a couple times she's described as an idol, where you just get this weird, like you just, in fact, when they're doing the burglary thing, she like yeah. she turns the lights on and she's just this she, described as still as an idol this dark silhouette yeah. just and you don't know if she's looking at you she don't know if you don't know if she's not and again you have the image of this like gothic ass dark decaying house and this weird person who's just stand you can just picture her standing in the window not moving a muscle just on some it's dark as fuck it's just weird yeah. it's creepy yeah and there's like stuff like that. I feel like all throughout the story, kind of. The um, I don't. This is maybe a, a false connection, but the um, the thing with her hair being cut short and looking like an angel, like a sad angel mm-hmm. thing, kind of is similar. Like she's sort of an angelic statue. Like it's kind of almost a religious mm-hmm. angle with these yeah. idol things. Right. And then there's at one point I think a, a priest 
shows up and has to do something. He goes oh, in and he won't tell anybody, but so he's like, I'm true. not going back. Yes, um, no, I, that, I thought that was that huge. Was. I thought that was a, I, yeah. I totally missed that. A pre, yes, a priest comes, visits her, like literally like what you just said. And nobody, that's what's crazy too. It's like, what's going on? Because this yeah. is true when you don't know what's happening. It's like, he goes, whatever, he comes back and he doesn't say a word. He doesn't say yep. anything. And he just, like you just said, refuses to go back or to talk about it. Yeah. And yeah, which in like you're right, there is some religious imagery going on here for sure. Angel, tragic and serene, the idol, the actual yeah. priest. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's interesting. And again, that just that whole part in the story just contributes to like what is going on here? Like that's what's right. so <laughs> entrancing about it. Is it's like what the fuck is happening? And, and yeah, like, just weird too. It's like yeah. he won't speak about it and what, like what did he see? What took right. place? Mm-hmm. What transpired? Something right fucked up and there's like this sort of whole thing about the layers of people knowing and not knowing stuff like the townspeople Mm -hmm. don't really know it seems like they're not they're not that curious because they kind of are avoiding her but then the people that do know things it seems like they kind of don't want to know them and they won't share them and they mostly just kind of either want to close themselves off or not go back to see her and it's Mm kind of like okay whatever the secrets being kept here are are not things that you feel like blessed to know yeah you do it's, not want to know it's like literally it's it's literally almost so dark it's like unspeakable but you're right, right. anyone who comes in contact with her like is just does not sp- including like the servant like he's been there for decades literally yeah and we don't hear the townspeople don't hear a word from him at any Nothing. point and yeah. even the story itself, like it gets to the end and the the reveals happen and that's mm-hmm. it. We don't yep. know any, we are not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Like we know, we know this now and shit, I don't want to talk about that. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously I do. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Here we are. You know? But no, again, and that's why I was wondering if I'm like, is this just shock factor? But, but it's not, but mm-hmm. it's cause that's, you know, that's how the story, that's like the final line of the story is her yeah. hair. They're finding her strand of hair. And that's what I meant about as they lay dying. Cause the, the end uh, mm-hmm. it's not even a spoiler alert to the people but it's yeah. like real fast forward 30 seconds if you care but the ending is him getting his new teeth and like flashing his yeah. smile or something like that and yeah. it like literally yeah. reads With like his, the punchline of his, a joke his new wife like they're just they're going through this whole thing to bury his <laughs> so old wife up. and now he's like here's my new wife it's like yeah. man Anne's that's goofy Anne's Bundren is a fool bro Anne's Bundren is a really fool is. oh my it. god but uh, yeah, so I that thought that really does read like a punchline. I think the that end of as I lay die. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was great. I was thrown Absolutely. off by it. I was like, "What?" Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, "Did I just read?" Like, but the, I think as I lay dying is like a dark comedy. I think that's how it needs Definitely. to be read. It's like Definitely. a dark comedy. But I also yeah. I really like it that a rose for Emily does have some kind of funny elements in it. Yeah. Like, it's really dark. It's really grim. But like, the fact that there are some kind of funny moments makes it less oppressive it's like it's like comedic, read. it's like comedic relief literally yeah absolutely like there's yeah. this weird shit happening and then you see the people yeah. sl- like th- you picture the people just breaking into her place because it's st- you're not yeah. gonna, would you tell a lady she smells bad to her face sir? <laughs> right. and, and sprinkling lime like <laughs> slinking around like burglars but they're not they're right. just like literally trying to make it sh- fucking not stink <laughs> But I mean, yeah. then, then of course, it's actually not so funny when you think about. It. But it right. is. It, there are there are points in this story that are are like comical. We could say. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it kind of makes you like look back on the moments that were funny as sort of like, oh god, I can't believe I laughed at that. But yeah. It's like no, it, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and still yeah. is funny. But there, yeah, again, yeah. maybe even that contrast, like with the China painting, where it's like, yeah. oh, haha, like look, yeah. she stinks, and they're putting, they're sprinkling rhyme, but it's like, no, that's a. Uh, 
That's a dead body. That's that's what yep. you're smelling. <laughs> and you're not you're not gonna sprinkle lime on the source of the stink because yeah. that is upstairs inside. <laughs> that she's presumably sleeping with. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so this is a this is a great this was a great story. Thoroughly enjoyed this one. Glad um, you liked it. Yeah, yeah it's good yeah. for good for the Halloween season. Yeah, <laughs> this like. and I'm like, why doesn't Faulkner just write like this always? Like, yeah. it'd be so much yeah. better. And to, I mean, even like I said, even the novels that I don't like, he does write like this. But then there's a whole lot yeah. of other stuff. But yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Any any final thoughts? I think I've said about basically all I want to say. Yeah, I think that's. I think that pretty much covers it for me. Yeah, that's, pretty, there's a lot in it. There's a lot yeah. going on. In this yeah, story. pretty gnarly. Pretty pretty yeah. gnarly story. And I, this is, I always love, this is why I say I like Southern Gothic too, because it's basically like, it's like, we, it's like weird, ho- low-key, almost like horror elements, yeah. but told like literary, where it's like the writing here itself is just fantastic, which to me is just like the best combinations of things. Like you got like people that are excellent writers describing like fucked up horrific shit. And it's like, this is great. Yes. This is just a great story. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. a delight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's Southern Gothic. What a Gothic. delightful That's... way to experience something terrible. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, um, it's been a pleasure to have you, Elliot. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Yes, of fun. course. Yes, until the next time, I will continue to keep you posted on okay. uh, Paradise Lost. I've been texting Great. Elliot basically <laughs> like every every book of the um, epic that I finished. And, yeah, uh, it's fun to get that sort of... Yeah, yeah exactly. Vicarious <laughs> <By> <laughs> To my podcast listeners, smash that fucking five stars because you know this was a five-star conversation. So just smash smash that five-star button, leave a rating. Or if not, whatever, leave a rating anyway. I forgot to mention this. That's how else am I to know? How else are the people to see? When I look through podcasts, I look for the ones that got the best rating. So smash that rating. But anyway. Uh, Okay, and with that, thank you for watching Big Nate Short Story Club, home of the best short story clothes.